On this edition of the Scott Radley Show podcast, we do version two of Your Say Wednesday. The lines are open, the calls are yours, the topics, your choice. What do people want to talk about? Stick around and find out. Today on the Scott Radley Show on 900 CHML. It's Your Say Wednesday. We're trying this again today. Last week was great. Lots of people said, please do that again. So we're doing it again today. You essentially, well, not essentially, you can talk about anything you want today. Whatever is either something you're feeling good about or something that is in your craw. You can talk about the fact that the Grey Cup announcement is going to be tomorrow. It looks like Hamilton's probably going to, we think, get either the 2020 or the 2021 Grey Cup. Are you good about that? Are you happy about that? I'll tell you what caught my eye this morning, and it has been something I've been reading about throughout the day today because it is just, it is stunning to me. Back when, back at the height of the ISIS movement that was going on, when, when you know, relatively speaking, and this may be a, a weird way to say it, but when things were going reasonably well for the terrorist side of things, there were weirdly, I thought, but nonetheless, weirdly, a bunch of Western women. There were a lot of men that went over as well that got roped into the ISIS ideology online or by recruiters or whatever else, but there were a bunch of Western women who decided they were going to go over there and start marrying some of these ISIS guys. Clearly, they also supported the viewpoints. They've supported the philosophy. They supported the attack on Western culture and on whatever else. They don't, they believed in it. And so they decided they're going. They went over there And they married and they've had kids and, well, it's not going so well right now. This is where things go a little bit sour. Things aren't going quite so well for ISIS right now. In fact, according to reports, the territory that is controlled by ISIS has now been whittled down to a very, very, very small area. Many of the male ISIS fighters have either been killed or have been uh, captured. And so the women are now, many of them are left there. Well, guess what? Guess what? Now that things are not going so well, we're hearing from many of these Western women who are now being held or in refugee camps or wherever else saying, you know what? Um, Let me rethink this one for a second. I would like to come home now. Thank you very much. I've done my time in ISIS. I've lived that life. I've experienced it. I supported the ISIS fighters. I married one. I had his kids. I married, in some cases, two or three over time because I guess, you know, being an ISIS fighter is probably not a recipe for long-term health or a retirement plan. They tend to get killed in these wars. So now they want to come home, including there was one in the New York Times today, a story about a woman from the Hamilton area who went over there. She's 46, has had some kids over there now and says, you know, yeah, I, I, you know, I kind of, I want to come home. I'm ready. I know that it's probably not going to elicit a lot of sympathy, but I'd like to come home now. It's, It's not so fun here. Really? Really? There's one woman from Toronto who was quoted in another story saying, I know that she was asked about the use of slaves over there. And she goes, well, you know what? ISIS follows Sharia law. Now, I don't, I, I can't explain to you Sharia law. I don't know the details. She's saying this. ISIS follows Sharia law and they use slaves and therefore I'm for it. And she says, do you have any regrets? And she says, no, but I'd like to come home. Here's the stunning part about this. Here is the stunning part about the stunning part about this story. 
today, Britain said, if you were one of those people who went over, abandoned Britain, went to work or live or represent a foreign combatant, an enemy combatant, guess what? Your passport is now invalid. You're staying there. You're not coming home. That's it. You're done. Sorry, you made your choice. You made your bed. Now you're going to sleep in it. The United States today, when some women from over there have said they would like to come back, they left Alabama, one of them. They left other places. They're saying, you know what? You left the States. You were okay here. You left the States. You chose to go over and live and support and join an enemy combatant. I'm sorry. You're not coming back. Your passport is null and void. It's not going to be honored. You're done. Guess what Canada's had to say about this? Here's from the National Post today. Global Affairs Canada says its ability to provide assistance to Canadians detained in Syria is currently, quote, extremely limited. And whether or not the Canadian women will be repatriated to Canada remains unclear. We apparently haven't decided that it's enough to go and join the enemy that fights against us and our values and our people and all the rest, that's not enough to get you to not be considered Canadian anymore. That we are, we're still contemplating whether or not that you should be allowed to be helped and brought back here as Canadians. Does anyone else see the flaw in that logic? Because I'm looking at this saying, uh, no, thank you. No, thank you. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Your Say Wednesday, whatever you want to talk about today, this is your forum. 905-645-3221 or star 9900. We have been talking this first segment about the ISIS brides. If you don't know, it's not a reality show, although that would be one heck of a reality show, I would tell you. But no, these are the women who left the West, left England, left... Canada left the States, went over to support ISIS, to support the fighters over there, marry them, have their kids. And now that things aren't going so well, they're asking to come back to Canada and the States and Britain and other places. Britain and the States have already taken a stand on this one. They have said, no, no, I'm sorry. You made your bed. You're lying in it now. We're very sorry. But this is not how it works. This is not that you can pick and choose and fight for the enemy and then come back and we all just say, yeah, no problem. I mean, that, think about that one for just a second. That's not all that far away from the idea of you as an 18-year-old shooting someone. And then a couple of years later saying, oh, you know what? Yeah, I tried that life. I don't agree with it now. I've changed. Let's just, let's just say, forget about it and go back to a clean slate. No, that's not how these things work. As an adult, you make choices and you live with your choices. My question is, are you okay with, if Canada were to say to some of these people, because we seem to be the only ones that are waffling. We haven't yet. Ralph Goodell, Canada's public safety minister says thus far, we've not committed to taking any of them back. But as I said before, our, the government has not yet made a decision on this. It's still sorting this out. Would you be okay if Canada started bringing back? Not, I'm not talking about Syrian immigrants. We've been down that road and that's okay. You know, if we're bringing in people who are fleeing a conflict because they are innocent bystanders, that is a very different thing from taking in someone or taking back someone who went there specifically to support the fighting or to fight. Would you be okay with those wives who have gone over there to come back? Again, the number is 905-645-3221, star 9900. 
your call. Uh, in the meantime, as I say, it's your say Wednesday, so the topic can be anything you want, that or otherwise. Fred joins us now. Fred, how are you tonight? Not bad, Scott. It's good to hear you. I like your show. Thank you, Fred. I appreciate that. I wish you had more time. You mean on the show or in general, as in you know, in life? In the, in, in the show, <laughs> what I mean is, on I, the show. I know what you mean. Go ahead, and, Fred. Okay, uh, I have two things to talk about. But first of all, what you were talking about, I agree with you. No, I would say no to those women. Anyways, my two sub- subjects are autism and the LRT. Okay. These doctors are pretty greedy on the autism people. What do you mean by that? Which doctors? Well, the the people that try and help these autism children. They're getting paid X number of dollars, and I think they should try and cut back on some of that, what they get. Okay? And LRT, I think we should forget about that, and the money that's there, give it to the people for autism to help the children. Oh, don't know what happened to Fred. You still there? The time. No, no. Okay, Fred, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Interesting thoughts. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm not going to agree with the doctors who treat autism as being greedy because I don't think that they are charging any more than other doctors are. And I, the problem with with the autism thing is that it's a very, with the situation we have in Ontario right now, it's a very, very, very difficult thing because we have a government that was elected to try largely on its platform of cutting back on expenses. They are not, they were not elected, I don't believe, to add more to the provincial deficit. They were not elected to spend more. And so you've got this money that we're trying to figure out in this province, the, the conservative government is trying to figure out how do we whittle that back? How do we get rid of some money? They haven't cut the amount that is being spent on autism. They're changing the way that it's being spent. But the reality is that with, as is the case with so many other things in our, in our world, if you really want to handle all the problems, it's going to cost more money. And if you're really going to fully treat and fully help every child who has autism, it's going to cost more money. The problem is we don't have more money. So what do you do? As for the LRT, I, I don't... I'm look, I'm willing today at the at city council, there was an economic hearing that says that the development along the LRT route is being curtailed because people are waiting to hear developers are waiting to hear. I, I'm will, I'm happy to talk about that if you want as well. I, I don't know that we're going to be putting the LRT money because that money was, has been designated for infrastructure. So not to go towards programs like autism. So I'm not sure that that can work. Uh, email from Mike talking about the brides, the ISIS brides who want to come back. To allow these women who abandoned Western ideas and freedom to join ISIS fighters to return to Canada and other nations that fought them would be criminal. It would be an extreme insult to those men and women in uniform of those nations that fought for our freedom to allow them back in. Perhaps those nations in the areas they're waiting can be humanitarian and allow them to stay. Just say no, Canada. I agree with Mike. Great points. I, I, it is insulting. The, the thought, the thought, and here, you know what? We're going to take a break because the thought that we are going to allow people who fought against us, who I'm not saying who were over there again, we're not talking about the Syrian refugees trying to escape a humanitarian crisis. That is a very different story, but for an active participant, even as a supportive not someone who was shooting, but who was there as the wife of someone who went over there to support that. That is insulting for Canadians. 
to then have the door thrown open to say, yeah, sure, come back. Didn't matter. We don't care. It's all good. We know you didn't really mean it. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Your Say Wednesday. We're giving this another go. People said they wanted it back last week when we did this. Remember last week we did it because it was about snow days. Everyone said, we'll do it again. So we're doing it again. Whatever you want to talk about, the floor is yours. 905-645-3221, star 9900. We've been talking about the the wives, the brides who went over to join ISIS. You can talk about that if you want. You can talk about the Oscars coming up, whether you care about that. You can talk about the LRT. You can talk about anything you want. Let me get to Mike here, if I can get the button. Mike, how are you tonight? Not too bad. How are you doing? Excellent. What's on your mind today? Uh, I, I like the idea for your show. I just wanted to say that you can really touch on anything. So, um, But I guess I wanted to sort of uh, talk about the autism funding. Sure. And just your previous caller kind of brought it up. Um, I, I think it's important to know that the people who work with kids with autism don't make a whole lot of money so it doesn't uh it doesn't make sense to cut their funding and i don't think it would it would make sense to uh, sorry not their funding their salaries wouldn't really offset the 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 cost of everything uh i guess what needs to be done at the moment kids in regular schools uh i are, are getting more funding than kids with autism, which I think at the very least should be on an equal playing field, right? And and like you said, the um, uh, the, the funding was not cut; it was just dispersed differently, and that is the main problem that they're facing, right? Mike, listen. First of all, I appreciate the call, and I, I here's the thing: I know a little bit about this. Uh, because my wife is a social worker and in her career has worked with kids with autism. So I'm familiar now with some of the challenges that I would not, I mean, let's be honest, I don't have a kid with autism. I otherwise probably wouldn't know it as closely as I do. And you're absolutely right. This is the, these people are, we're not talking about doctors per se. There are doctors who work with autism, but we're talking about the people who are hands-on, who are working directly, and they're not being paid a fortune. I guarantee you that. Exactly. My wife works with kids with autism and and I, I can tell you firsthand that she doesn't make a fortune so my here's what I would suggest though because again I go back to my point that we have a government that was elected democratically elected whether people like the Ford government or not they were elected and their main point of their platform was cutting spending and so they haven't done that here the, the, the thing we're going to have to do, if people really believe, and it sounds like a lot of people do believe that autism should be getting more money, is find some other areas in the government that are being wasted that we can move some money to this from. And I think a lot of people would be in support of that. If we can find stupid things that have been put in place that we can cut and say, you know what, we can put some of that money towards helping kids with autism, I think that would be wildly popular. Uh, and I, I agree with you on that. I also think that it would be important for people who are, who are more knowledgeable on the subject than I am as far as it comes to funding uh, to really drive home the point of where, if we don't change the way things are being done right now, how it's going to cost us in the future. Because, uh, you know, there's not a lot of talk. As far as I'm concerned, there's not enough talk about why we should be funding this now rather than letting them, uh, you know, rather than, not giving the kids the funding that they need so that they can 
develop into better functioning, uh, you know, citizens. I guess, Absolutely. Taxpayers. Mike, I, I appreciate your call. Thanks so much for calling in. Thanks for having me. 905-645-3221 or star 9900. Whatever you want to talk about, you can pick up on what Mike was just saying. Here's the thing going back to the Ontario government. Here's the thing to remember about this. The Ford government, again, whether you like them or whether you despise them, that doesn't matter because they were elected and they were elected largely on a platform of getting Ontario's finances back in order. So if even if you think that Doug Ford is a buffoon, that doesn't matter. They got elected in our system and the thing they were running on was the fact that Kathleen Wynne had got the Ontario economy so far in debt and so far into a deficit position that somebody had to do something about it. That's why they're brought in. And so when now you have an issue like autism where it's clear that we could use a lot more money towards this, but the challenge, the problem, the, the difficulty with that is very obvious. And we've talked about this on the show before. There is more money needed for autism. There is more money needed for healthcare in general. There is more money apparently needed for education. There's more money needed for roads. There's more money. Name one area of our society and we could say, and you could make a case that there is more money needed for that part of our society. So we don't have a bottomless pit of money. We don't have, I mean, when you say money grows on trees, we know money doesn't grow on trees. It is not made up despite what a very popular new politician down in the States has proposed, you can't just print more money and make it appear like that. That's not how the economic system works. So we have to make choices. And where that becomes difficult is that every single time you try to take money from here to go over here or to save money by cutting something here or reshuffling it around, whoever ends up with less money, with less funding, believes that their area, their need, their whatever is under attack and they are being targeted. And so we have a society right now, and it's not just here in Ontario, it's everywhere, that apparently it is not possible to cut anything from anywhere because everything is essential. Everything is essential. Every single thing that our government provides apparently is essential and is untouchable. Well, how do we, how do we support that long-term? The answer is we can't, but that's the position we seem to find ourselves in now. If you cut anything, you are doing something evil to that group. Now, you may disagree. 905-645-3221 or star 9900. If you've got an idea, love to hear it. You can jump in on this one. If you have the idea of where we find this extra money so we can support all the things we need to support and add more, please, that's what this show is for. The the floor is open to you if you have that good idea. If you've been dying to share that idea, this is your chance. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. We have been talking about funding for autism. It's a hot button issue for sure. Vince joins me now. Vince, how are you tonight? Not too bad. I, I'm 79 years old. I'm a blind person, and I'm a hemoplasia VHDV. And uh, my daughter died five years ago, and 
I'm telling you how they wasted all these years. I haven't voted nine years. Ford came in and cleaned house. A friend of mine in, in uh, Grand Bend, he was getting uh, uh, the nurse five day, seven days a week and the liberal brother three days a week. And I took care of my daughter. I had to feed her, change her, and everything. And me and my wife, we kept until her at the end. They bought braces, hearing aid, glasses, which she didn't need it. She walked very well on her own. She could see. Uh, she didn't speak, but uh, we took care. So I was uh, I, too bad I didn't have a champagne. I would open uh, because all the, uh, the nine years, I haven't voted until Ford came in. So good luck, and I hope you'll be there a long time because I like uh, what he's doing. Okay? Vince, thank you for the call. Thank I you. appreciate it. Thank you. Let us go to Jim. Jim, how are you tonight? Good, sir. How are you? Excellent, thank you. What's on your mind? I just wanted to talk about the uh, autism program being cut again. Sure. Um, I have a couple of suggestions that might save our government money. That's They should hire you if they're good ones, so shoot, let's hear <laughs> them. Um, I understand that they got a 20% raise for their expenses. Uh, are you talking about the, gov- the, uh, the pol- politicians? Yes. Okay. Um, there's a start. There's a start. Um, I didn't get a 20% raise this year, and I'm sure none of your listeners have. No? <laughs> <laughs> no, neither did we here at the station, by the way. Well, Bill Kelly might have, but the rest of us, not so much. And the other the other issue I have is uh, I'm all for you know immigration and helping people in other parts of the world who are less fortunate. However, <clears throat> if we can't fund our own in our own province and country, why do we... You know, pay for that. I mean, we have people like the shelters are the shelters are overflowing with people, and we have this crisis, an opiate crisis, and all these people in need here. Why don't we save some of that money and help our people here? You know what, it's Jim. It's such it's it's such a tough one because I think as Canadians we want to be uh, compassionate. We want to help people who are truly in desperate spots, and that's where the Canadian ethos comes from. That if you are someone who is trying to flee from some terrible situation, we have great compassion for those people. Whether we have the money to pay for it is another thing, but we have great compassion. What we don't have, I don't think, is a lot of sympathy and compassion for people who left here to go to fight with or support people who are fighting against us. And then when things don't go well, say, okay, I'm ready to come back now. Take me in. I I don't, I don't see us having a lot of compassion for that. Right, I agree. Jim, thank you for the call. I really appreciate it. All right, thank you. Uh, Jim's idea, you know what? Politicians can give up some of their bonus and some of their increase. Hands up anybody who disagrees with that. All right, I don't see any hands. Let me move Let me move on. John, how are you tonight? I'm good, thank you. I'll be good. very fast. That's fine. I, I, went, I went to a lot of sources, tried to get some help. I went to the police, the Kitchener Records, the MP, MPP. I've gone to Upsman of the insurance company, and on Valentine's Day 2014, I, I just found out three years ago that I was involved in an accident that caused $42,000 worth of damage to a truck. The fella, <laughs> it's crazy, the fella had my license when I applied for a job. He just told the insurance company, had a, from my investigation, I found out he just blew an engine in the truck, told the insurance company I was driving it, it was my fault. John, John, I'm going to jump in for just a second because yeah. this, this, we're we're very short on time, and this sounds yeah. like a little okay. more complicated than we can well, deal with all today. I'm is that insurance company told me I had to go to him and to the guy that used my license wrongfully, go to him, get him to sign a paper, so I could get the information from the insurance company. 
What a flipping bunch of fools. John, I appreciate the call. Thank yeah. you for that. that. That one's John's call is a little more complicated than we can handle right now with the short time that we have. We Let me just say about this government thing again, because what was just said by Jim a moment ago, by Vince, by a lot of these people who are frustrated. I hate to say it this way, but probably get used to being frustrated. And it doesn't matter who gets into office. It doesn't matter. And I'll tell you why. Because it doesn't matter who is in office or not. NDP, liberal, conservative. We don't have the money to do everything that we want to do. We just don't. We don't, and we're not about to. And so, if anyone is thinking that things are going to suddenly turn around and become utopia with a different government or this person or that person... It's not, it's not, it's, it's sad to think that because we like to believe that there is an easy answer just around the corner with just a different person in office or just a different person representing that particular party, whatever we don't. And it's incredibly complicated. All the things that all the needs that we have that we don't just have a simple solution for, but we don't have the money and ultimately To me, that's the biggest problem. How do you solve all these problems if we don't have the money? You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. If you have something you want to talk about, I don't care what it is, anything, almost anything. (laughs) I should have clarified that off the top. Almost anything. Happy to hear from you. 905-645-3221, star 9900. The floor is yours. The mic is yours. The listenership is yours. John, how are you tonight? I'm doing fine. How about yourself? I'm well, thank you. Thanks for calling. What's on your mind? Well, you made the comment about the government not having the money to pay for all the things and don't matter what government we have because it's still not going to make any difference because there's no money to to pay for everything. Right. You You know where the problem lies? Over the last how many years, a, a lot of the manufacturing, a lot of the good-paying jobs have left Canada, and the, the average household are now working two, maybe three part-time jobs, making less money than what they were 10, 15 years ago. And the people, the, the general public, don't have any money, but yet our taxes keep on rising and rising. They're, uh, and why is that, John? Up. Why is that? Because all the good-paying job jobs have left the country. No, that's true. But why do the taxes keep rising and rising? Because the government is is frivolous with our money. They're wasting wasting our money. And we can go back over the years. You know, um, the ad com- campaign where they uh, lost um, hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. The gas plants. The, I mean, like you name it, like every time we turn around, they, they're screwing the general public out of more money because nothing gets done and they keep on pouring more and more money into, uh, uh, into the coffers that, uh, that don't go back to generate more jobs that we can, so that we can generate more income so that they can charge us more taxes. John, let me jump in for a sec, because I don't disagree with what you're saying on on its face. I think a lot of governments have wasted an awful lot of money. You're absolutely right about that. But there's another thing, too, that I would suggest, and not everyone's going to agree, but that's fine. They know the numbers here now. They can call in and disagree if they want. 
my other point is, I think that we have in the last number of decades created different expectations for what government is going to be. And rather than being something that was there to fix roads and maybe have hospitals going and some other things, we are expecting governments to do a lot more things. And all of those things cost a lot more money. I we're, agree with you. And, and we're, you. We're, we've gotten far away from the idea of, I think, what government originally was for. I'm not an anti-government person. I don't, I'm not someone, I'm not an anarchist. I don't believe that we should get rid of government. But I do think that in a lot of cases, governments have ventured into areas that we don't really necessarily need government to be doing. I tend, I tend to agree with you there. But at the same time, what they are doing very, very... Um, very good is they're deep they're putting their hands deeper and deeper into all our pockets and we're having less and less money disposable income that we can like you know how many times have you heard them say oh the average debt load for the average canadian yep, yep. Uh, owes uh you know x uh you know uh what fifteen thousand dollars per person you know so it's, wh- it is daunting John, I appreciate the call. Yeah, John, I really appreciate the call. Thank you for calling. Uh, look, I, 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 I share John's view, and as I say, I'm not anti-government. I think government is an essential part of our civilization. It's an essential part of our society. I am not one of the. I, I am not someone who will say we got to get rid of government. That that's insane. I am someone who would say I don't believe that government should be doing all the things that it's doing. I don't believe that municipal, provincial, federal governments should have their tentacles into all the things that they have their tentacles into. And I don't believe, the other side of it is, I don't believe that many or most or all of these governments need nearly as many employees to do these things as they do. Sorry if you are a public service employee, and I've said it many times on this show before, I would never lobby for anyone to be laid off to get those numbers down. I would lobby for attrition that governments should, when people retire, when they move on to something else, that they should allow a certain number of jobs not to be filled. I believe that our public service is heavily bloated, which again goes to some of the issues of where money could go to. We've had people calling through this show saying, we need more money for autism. I agree with that. We don't have more money, but if we suddenly had 10% less government employees by attrition, not by layoffs, not by firings, if we had 10% less government, fewer government employees with their salaries and their pensions and their everything else, hmm, there's some money that you say, well, maybe some of that could go towards some of these very important programs and we could get out of some of the things that aren't so important. However... If we know one thing about government, and again, not being an anti-government person, but if we know one thing about government, there is very little in government that is not a sacred cow. Once the government has started a program, it is almost impossible to get rid of that program. Consider anything out there. Let your mind wander. Think of any program that has been created that you say, or that you could say, oh, that's an easy one to pull away from, that no one's going to make a fuss about. Good luck. Good luck. Find one. I dare you. Find one. The Scott Radley Show. Weekday evenings from 6 to 8. On 900 CHML.
The Scott Radley Show podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Radley. Thanks again for listening, and do not forget to subscribe to this podcast. It is free. You will never miss an episode. And also, be sure you rate us and review us. Whatever you think of us, we'll take it. Thanks for listening.